Oh my goodness sakes, I got the CLZ shakes. So welcome to episode 132 of the Campus Comics Cast. This is Scott Reed and I am joined by... Chad Schubert. And you notice that we are a man down. We had a little miscommunication in a recording schedule. So we just, Chad and I decided we're just going to, you know, move along for one episode here and then we'll get Atchison back on uh, episode 133. So the show must go on. Exactly. So we need to get some content out there. So we thought we better go ahead and record something. So, all right. Well, we're going to start this episode. Uh, we got some news and rumors that are going around. We thought like it might not be a, a bad idea to talk about that. Then, of course, uh, we're going to we're going to go and we've been hinting at a discussion about DC, you know, speculation, what's going on with DC comics and DC movies. So we're going to spend a little time talking about that. And then we're going to uh, go into mind management. We're going to talk about the first volume, which is issues one through six. And then we'll, of course, wrap up the episode with that. Oh, my goodness sake, a CLZ shake um, <laughs> about just point out some things in our collection. And I'll hope that I don't once again get a ROM or a Micronauts comic. Um, because, again, that's most of my collection. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I guess the first thing we should talk about um, is the passing of Tim Sale. Um, yes. Tim Sale was obviously a well-known um, artist, probably best known for his work on, you know, I guess the the color series from Marvel. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Long Halloween and Dark Victory um, over at DC. And then, of course, we did not too terribly long ago. We talked about the Long Halloween uh, on this podcast that's been a story that's been fairly recently used in, you know, parts of it in the, the Batman mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, um, I almost said Rowan, Rowan <laughs> Patterson, Robert Patterson, <laughs> whoever, you know, <laughs> that guy who sparkled <laughs> in one of those movies and then turned into the Batman. Yeah. That guy. But, uh, Tim sale, I, you know, I think he was what 66. Did I remember yep, 66, that correctly? Yep. That's correct. Yeah. Which, uh, seems way young. And, you know, I kind of, uh, jokingly, said you know creators often pass in groups of three so this here in the last couple of months we lost perez we lost adams and now we've lost tim sale so mm-hmm. unfortunately uh that completed that uh that three so maybe we'll have a little have calm a down on this yeah for for a little while um but i to me what he's best known for is of course long halloween what are your yeah his uh his team up with jeff Loeb is is what he's i mean i didn't even i haven't even read anything that wasn't attached to jeff Loeb when it comes to tim sale uh but i mean as far as artwork goes that's one of if there's like people that stick out to me as as primary uh artists that's that's one of my like that's how art can look like that and in comic book art I'm, i'm not a big traditional uh you know art art kind of for comic books i like to go for something a little bit more a little bit different i, I love the frank miller artworks i love mm-hmm. the the tim sale artworks and so uh that really from a young age was like that was something that really stood out to me specifically with him yeah, was that had to i be mean about perfect anatomy <laughs> yes exactly. yeah it was yeah, yeah it made everything a lot a lot more weird it was very you know sam keith kind of kind of style a little bit even um, but, uh, yeah, long Halloween was uh, my first, uh, entrance into, into the, that art to his art. Um, and then I, I think I skipped all over the place, kind of back and forth between the Marvel color series mm-hmm. and dark victory. And then when in Rome, his Catwoman, their Catwoman series. And, and I haven't uh, read that yet. I need, I probably need to read that one. So, yeah. yeah, the one that I haven't read yet, which I, I should have is, uh, the Superman for all seasons. 
Mm, uh, that right. one uh, is is the I think the the only Marvel one or Marvel good God DC, <laughs> DC one that I haven't read uh, in that. But yeah, I, totally one of my my favorite uh, comic book artists. Yeah, I think I've I think I've read all the Marvel color. I mean, there was Daredevil yellow, there was Spider Man blue, Captain America white, Hulk green. Gray. Yeah, I'm gray, right? I'm sorry, yep. gray. And that's it. Yep, <laughs> that's it. And I, I now, they, but I, so I say that I can't swear that I've read Hulk gray. I know I've read I got other you. ones, but they did I a Wolverine read... and Gambit series, but it's not part of the color series. But I guess that was back in '95. It looks like I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. I, they, they did the Wolverine and Gambit. Wolverine series? and Gambit colon <sighs> victims is what it's called. Oh, okay. I was, I thought because there's maybe there's been two. Uh, Wolverine Gambit series then. Oh, okay. Uh, because I'm, you know, I picture the other one in my mind, and it is absolutely not <laughs> their artwork. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it is. Hold on. I thought. I guess he maybe maybe he changed up his style a little bit for this one. Or no, yeah, yeah not... that's it. Holy smokes! I did not. I I'm looking at this cover, and I had no idea that that was. <laughs> uh, him sale so yeah wow i'll have to, I'll have to look into that because i have not read that either for sure so because well it's wolverine and gambit and i'm just <laughs> a big gambit fan so <laughs> huh that is that is crazy i had yeah totally missed that so so anyway uh rest in peace uh tim yeah. sale Absolutely. um yeah all right some other things I just saw this day. This uh, announcement came from Giant Freaking Robot of all places, but apparently, and I don't know if this still probably this is probably still on the rumor stage. But uh, Ewan McGregor is going to be joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was not aware that he was apparently in the running to play Doctor Strange prior to Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, okay. So um, I don't know. I would have preferred it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm relatively happy. I guess you have the same feelings about Benedict Cumberbatch as I do about Chris Hemsworth. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, it'd be interesting to see who he ends up playing. Of course, you know, the big new groups of characters coming in are going to be Fantastic Four and X-Men. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who to pick for him to actually pick up and play. Yeah, if uh, they if they, I depending on how they age Fantastic Four, I could totally see him as a Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could pull that off. But I was leaning more X Men. Like, could he be even Professor X? X-Men, or I mean, that that seems easy. <laughs> yeah, Magneto. I mean, he could even do Wolverine, but he's fifty one. So I mean, are you really kind of trading out someone who's in yeah. their fifty for someone's in their fifties? Like, 50s. it's not really. Not a good no. trade if you want some longevity, I don't think. Yeah, I think though, I I can't imagine. I don't I don't picture him doing a particularly physical character. You know, at least physical yeah. in appearance. Of course, you know we know that they'll buff him up. You know, a oh yeah, bit for those films if they <laughs> are going to play a hero. But uh, I just don't see I don't see Will McGregor being the type of actor that wants to go through that. Yeah. So you know, I mean, he'll keep himself in reasonable shape, but I can't I can't imagine a Chris Evans transformation. Yes. You know, yeah. for for him. So one of the things, one of the sites speculated that he's going to be Mr. Fantastic, and I feel like we're probably locked into John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. I hope so. I I, I hope so at this point. So I, I like your idea of Doctor Doom. Um, and that would give him the ability to come back later too, you know. Mm-hmm. So have multiple multiple appearances. So yeah, and the accent could potentially work with uh, you somebody who's European, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I'm okay with that. That's a good idea. They should do that. They should do that. They should do Doctor that Doom. one. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, from Heritage Auctions, the the cover for issue number one of the Dark Knight Returns just sold for two point four million dollars at Heritage. Um, so that's a couple of bucks. Yeah, um, I did not buy it, Chad. <laughs> oh, that wasn't me. I I wasn't. <laughs> wasn't I got looking for it. Yeah, I got out bid two point three. <laughs> at one point in time, I was like, I mean, what was the grade on that? Was that like a nine point well, eight? Original art. I'm sorry, this is original art, not. Oh, not it's not. I was like, that's a crazy book. amount for that copy. Yeah, right. Because no, this is the original art. Sorry, this is the cover for Doctor okay. Number One. Yeah, gotcha. Two point four million dollars. I almost think that they thought this was going to sell for more. So this two point four million, they were a little disappointed at. Wow. Uh, but yeah, but doesn't matter to me. That's still a ridiculous amount of money. And of course, Frank Miller, I'm sure, doesn't see any of that 2.4 no. million. Yeah, because no. I'm sure he probably sold that for a few thousand dollars many years ago. Yes. And, yeah. And, you know, and now he's, you know, kicking himself because yeah, I just sold 2.4 mil. That's so. right. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's a it's a great cover. So I it's it's I don't know if it's that great of a cover, but <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's very iconic. But and yes. those those pieces of art. Are one of a kind. Yes, they are. So it does have that going for it, you know, as opposed to, you know, there being like several copies of Action Comics number one that are selling mm-hmm. for that or even more, yeah. you know. So, but it doesn't have the age that, <laughs> you know, Action Comics number one has. But right. but but they are one of a kind. So mm-hmm. uh, this one's an interesting, uh, and I've seen there's some several sources on this, but apparently Wonder Man is going to get a Disney Plus series. Okay. Um, now, uh, most of the time, whenever you hear people talking about Wonder Man, uh, the actor that gets associated with Wonder Man is Nathan Fillion. They have not in any shape, form or fashion um, announced that. I think only thing you have announced is a director or uh, writer for it. And um, I'm going to I've seen this several places. I'm going to I know I saw something on a key collector about it where they they said who was associated with it and now i can't find that there it is wonder man uh destin daniel cretton who was also on shang chi uh to direct so Hmm. yeah wonder man series with the shang chi director so okay um you know much familiar with no not at all what what's the kind of story behind wonder man um so he started back in avengers issue number oh gosh I want to say he's in the single digits, maybe issue nine. I almost said eight, but that's Kang. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, he's just a he has this ionic power. Like his eyes are they glow red, not like Cyclops, quite red. But mm-hmm. uh, but he's basically a big bruiser. I mean, he's he's, you know, um, you know, not Hulk level strength, but he's kind of on, you know, close up there. One of the higher end, stronger guys uh, in the in the Marvel Universe. Um, his. Brainwave patterns in the comics are what were used for the vision. Oh, so there's this tie to the vision, but Mm -hmm. basically he, what he kind of became was a super, a superhero who wanted to be an actor. Oh, okay. (laughs) So he kind of, there's the shtick to make it a TV show Mm -hmm. pretty easily. I would, cause I was like, well, this doesn't sound like somebody who could warrant a Disney plus show very easily, but that, is probably enough to have somebody doing auditions, trying to be an actor, make yeah. it in that as a superhero. That makes sense. 
Yeah, so that will probably be the that will probably be where they go with that. And of course, he had his original costume was terrible. Um, ultimately, he kind of went. Aren't they all? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, they're all terrible. <laughs> um, he kind of it was basically just like this green sleeveless bodysuit with like a red W kind of across the chest and stuff like that. It was gotcha. It was it was exceptionally bad. Um, it looks like sure. it went to black and red at some point in time. Is the more primary. Um, black sleeveless jumpsuit with a red W now. Oh yeah, yeah, he did that. But then, like for most of his time that I was reading him, again he was in these blue pants with red shirts, and he had these little, he had this belt that allowed him to fly. It had the oh, okay. jets on it, so he got fly. He was always piled up with the Beast whenever they were on the Avengers. Okay. Uh, but then one thing interesting they did with the character is later on in his, you know, in, probably in the maybe early to late two thousands. He formed a group called the Revengers, and they basically were against the Avengers because they felt like the Avengers were the cause of a lot of the problems that the world was having. Mm. The reason why the Earth was constantly being attacked, so they kind of keep. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so anyway, that's that could be interesting. Obviously, it's going to be a long way off. Um, they're just putting a director with it, and we mm-hmm. still got what She-Hulk, and we got to finish up Ms. Marvel. Have She-Hulk um, to go. Seems like there's been some others announced as well. Mm-hmm. But I so it, we're probably talking a year to two years. Well, probably talking two years out at the minimum. Oh, Secret Wars. Oh, that's right. That's been delayed, I think. And then, but maybe it's got maybe it's given a been given a new release date. That's I'm actually kind of scoping through. Da, da, da. But I, you know, this is you know Nathan Fillion is one of these actors who has there's there's a lot of fans out there who are very vocal in support of him. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted him oh, as yeah. Green Lantern, you know, in DC. In fact, he in one of the animated series he got to voice Green Lantern, um, probably okay. just because of the outcry for that. And and you know, I can I can almost see it because you know Nathan Fillion is one of those actors he kind of plays the same character in everything he does. Oh yeah, yeah, you know. And, but that my I think that would fit pretty well for the Wonder Man character, so I I would not be opposed to that, um, and especially if it's going to be more of a, the the Disney Plus series as opposed to a you know cinematic, yeah, uh, then that would make pretty good sense. So it doesn't look like they've given us a new release date for Secret Invasion yet. It's still it's 2023 of some sort, but we've got yeah. the Echo Echo season series right. Secret Invasion, Ironheart, Armor Wars, Agatha. Mm. Spider-Man freshman year, the animated series, zombie Marvel Zombies animated. Um, so yeah, there's quite a few that's still okay. in this. And I didn't realize that Blade was going to be a movie. I thought that that was a yep. series. Yeah, okay. no, Blade, Blade definitely was definitely going to be a movie. So. Okay. Yeah, that seems like they announced that forever ago. Well, yeah, and we're still I, forever out. still a ways out on it. Yeah, but they've started. I mean, he you know had that voice thing at the end of that's Eternals, true. So you know, yeah. so they they've kind of got the ball rolling with that for the for the MCU. And of course, you know, the whole COVID thing kind of slowed everything down. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Titan comics of all places is getting the license for Conan, the barbarian. Now this is kind of weird to me, um, because I thought that Conan, the barbarian was going public domain. So Hmm. I feel like what we're going to get is we're going to have an official Conan, the barbarian, which is going to come from the, uh, the, the Howard estate, Right. Mm-hmm. And then er- anybody can do what they want with Conan. But the official one, I guess, is going to be at Titan. Comics. So does that mean that Marvel can technically keep producing Conan books? Didn't they have Conan books? And yeah, everything? well, they had yeah. them. They had the license. And then it went to Dark Horse and they got the license. Yeah. Back. yeah. Apparently the license is going to end pretty soon. 
and we talked about that in the last previews episode, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. But um, I thought it was because this the character was going public domain, period. But yeah, I, I guess there's some little intricacies, you know, around yeah. um, because we already have like the Chimerian, who was that a series from? Oh, I don't remember who does that series, but it's Conan. They just can't put Conan on the cover. Oh, um, I got you. So um, I think we may have a similar situation, but that's why you know. I thought I'd heard that, and I don't remember where I even heard this, that they're going to kill off Conan in Marvel Comics. Yeah. So, because, primarily because they were, because, I thought it was because there was keeps going public domain, so they couldn't yeah. keep anybody else from using the character. But, you know, who knows? I, I don't know how that's all going to play out. But. And maybe they, I mean, maybe they don't want to, I would imagine a big company like Marvel probably wouldn't want to touch it if it's public domain anyways, because it would create brand confusion if you had it over here while it was going on over there and everything. I would imagine, yeah, they would yeah. never, they'd never, you know, want to create brand confusion at Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, let's see. Oh, Umbrella Academy. Uh, they had yeah. the, what the, what'd you say? The first three minutes? It seemed like it had to just be the first three minutes of the show. They called it a sneak peek, but it was a lot more of, I'm a peak is usually like three seconds, but yep. that peak was a, that was a long peak. Uh, I, don't, I can't decide if it's, you know, I almost thought, I wonder if it's like the first three minutes of the first episode. It feels like there would need to be something else before that. But well, uh, what it leads up to is the ending of season two is them standing is the Umbrella Academy standing in that room, looking up at the Sparrow Academy up up on the second floor. And so right. I'm sure that seems like it's just leading up to like here's an introduction to all these characters that you saw right at the end of season Uh two. Um, That's why I was like, Oh, it kind of just feels like the opening scene to the, to the new season. I'd forgotten how season two ended. So, um, how, how much do you enjoy the umbrella Academy series? Um, I, I like it. I'm, I don't like it as much as the comics. I'm, I, I want the kids to be more kids than they are, but I realize Mm -hmm. that that's difficult to make, uh kids do like i don't know it just seems like it's not it's such an out of this world comic and uh-huh. you can only make a, a human dude look like he's got ape arms <laughs> so much uh and that just for me the oddly enough the fact that he doesn't have ape arms in the truest sense that they are in the comics or the ape body uh-huh. even all of it uh that takes me out of it because he doesn't look ridiculous uh he just <laughs> kind of looks kind of real and so i'm like ah okay whatever so um, yeah, I, I really like the comic series a lot, a lot. And, uh, I like the show. Okay. It's kind of like lock and key. I love the lock and key comic series. What Netflix has done is good. Right. And it, I feel like these, these things that they're doing with these kind of IDW image properties, just the, the kind of indie books are good introductions. And I hope that the people who like the show go and pick up the book because it's so much better uh, in a way, and this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg for for both of those. October Faction did the same thing. Seems like anytime they touch an indie book, it doesn't elevate it. It just kind of gives you a, an introductory mm-hmm. to it. October Faction. I'm not familiar with that one. That's uh oh gosh, uh, that was uh, Ben Templesmith, uh, a comic. I can't remember who put it out. Was it an Image Book? Probably, but I mean. Pro- but, but, Possibly. But it's been, what's it been on TV? I mean, where's, uh, where's it's on it? Netflix. It's another Netflix really? show. Yeah. Didn't even know. It's like a a family who are like werewolf vampire kind of hunters. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, 
it's kind of, and they've got like a legacy of of it through their family and it's a it's a decent show uh okay. but the comic's better yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for me umbrella academy the comic was just okay the tv series was okay um you know as i really sit down and think about umbrella academy to me it's just doom patrol you know yeah, um true. you know so i uh, you know i don't know what caused it to be so like has such a cult following but i guess it's it was hard way okay, okay yeah <laughs> i mean it, it's it's the my chemical romance tie-in i'm sure is is what makes it big is there's a big following with the music and so they follow them to the comics okay all right well there, well, there you go so yeah i just uh <laughs> i've been going through a collection that had a bunch of the young animal stuff in it and that's his name popped up a lot on the young oh, animal yeah. stuff so. <laughs> <laughs> so i but you know it does that here's what i can say about this three minute teaser yeah i'm gonna watch the third season yeah you know good so, yeah did, you know did the trick <laughs> yeah so i mean i watched the other two i'm gonna watch the third one so so yeah, yeah. so definitely I, I guess I, did his job I think uh, for this show, there was and maybe not a missed opportunity because they're doing fairly well, it seems like. But I would prefer to see because in the comics, we really didn't touch on them as the small children superheroes that mm-hmm. much. And but they alluded to it. And then, you know, they went through all of this just horrible stuff as kids with kind of an abusive adoptive father that mm-hmm. put them into this scenario. And then as adults, they kind of have to come together and kind of save the world, even though they have all this kind of anger towards each yeah. other in the situation. <laughs> and I want to see an animated series with these kids kind of done in that same uh, kind of artwork. And, yeah. and that would be more entertaining for me to see more of the stories that are untold than mm-hmm. a retelling of the stories that we've already heard. Well, I was just going to say the part of the problem with the reason why they can't do the kids because they get into the Stranger Things problem. Oh yeah. Where after four seasons, these kids who are supposed the to age be junior up. high, you know, <laughs> yes. are clearly, you they're know, twenty five. <laughs> yeah, they they don't look like they're in junior high. But maybe that's the answer. Is on a show like this, when you're doing the flashbacks and stuff, yes. why not have that be animated and then do live action for the modern day stuff? Absolutely. Of course, Mixed then you media. Could, yeah, of course, then you can end up with something like what was that Guardians of the Globe or whatever it was. That, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That was rough. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, that's neither that's neither here nor there. So okay, so there. If you're listening to Netflix, that's what you need to do. Animated for the kids stuff. That we don't have to worry about them aging up. That's right. You know, so get on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder had another 23 second <laughs> teaser, and uh, the first uh, 12 seconds are awful, and the last 11 seconds are awesome. Um, so basically, um, if you haven't seen the teaser yet, it's Mjolnir appearing on the screen, right? Going towards Chris Hemsworth hand. And he's, he's basically talking to it. And all of a sudden, you know, he's just being Chris Hemsworth and then it changes direction and ends up at the hand of Nally Portman, a very buff Nally Portman. Um, and then it gets to be really, really awesome. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so all of my concerns about this movie are still in existence. <laughs> what I've do, got my ticket already. You know, I haven't picked up. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to go see it opening night. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not super excited about <laughs> it. But there was just recently a, uh, this is from Yahoo News, uh, on their insider, and they had an interview with Chris Hemsworth, and according to him, according to this interview, the actor said that the upcoming film, Thor Love and Thunder, may be his last movie, and I assume it means last in the Marvel Cinematic. Now, that's not true, 
which I don't think is going to be true because I thought he was going to be in. I thought he had already shot some stuff for Guardians of the Galaxy, but maybe, maybe uh, not. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, I am perfectly fine if this is his final uh, Thor movie um, after. Uh, Ragnarok, I was definitely done with Chris Hemsworth, you know, and, and you had those stories out there that he said that he, you know, he said he was going to quit if they didn't let him do it more comedic. And instead of saying, there's the door, they said, okay, we'll do more comedic. And of course they got Taika Waititi in. He just eye rolled for everybody who can't see him. (laughs) (laughs) So I just, I'm just not, he's okay in other stuff, but man, just, you know, he doesn't go well with the Marvel stuff for me. So that's just, just me. What did you think of the 23 second teaser? I, uh, it's more, more of the same. I mean, I, I, I hope they don't put out any more footage because, I kind of still want to watch a movie when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's what when it gets close to this, and I, I know everybody gets excited and they gotta sell this thing, and it's just like I I would really like to know, be surprised by some things that happen in this movie, please. Yeah. Well, they've they've done almost nothing with uh with uh, uh Gore the God Butcher being oh. played by Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. There uh-huh. we go. <laughs> I knew I'd come up with the name eventually. There hasn't been a whole lot, you know, yeah. there. So at least we'll have, which I hope is going to be the main storyline. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah. So anyway, yeah. there twenty three second trailer. If you haven't seen it, go uh, check that out. And I, yeah, I do hope that uh, it is his last venture out as Thor. Not because I don't like him, because I do enjoy this version of of this character, but because I I feel like we're at a point where we kind of need things to roll over, and we need new blood in and we need to and hopefully natalie portman gets to stay as thor i don't want to see natalie portman for half of a movie as as the new uh thor almighty and mm-hmm. and then we switch back to chris simsworth i don't i don't want that i want some actual change i want to see a different version because we've seen it this will be four movies and all of the avengers movies and team-ups mm-hmm. in between it, it has been a lot and it, and he's he's done it and if he doesn't, ha- if he hasn't said what he needs to say by now, then he's never gonna say it. So <laughs> it, it's time to switch over and let somebody else do something cool. And I feel like it's it is changing of the guard time uh, for for all of these characters. So let's let's do it and mean it. And I'd just be happy to see him gone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, I don't know. That was just some of the news items that you know had had come across the wire. Now, something we've been hinting at talking about a little bit was some of the things that are going on at Warner Brothers. I guess it's actually officially Warner Brothers Discovery, I think, mm-hmm. is the official name of the I company. So, yeah. um, there's been, you know, I've just randomly had people come up to me at conventions mm-hmm. and say, you know, what's DC going to do when they stop printing DC comic books? And I'm like, they're not going to stop printing DC comics. Um, <laughs> but that being said, there have been some changes at Warner Brothers. And to me, this is the most substantial change that I could find, which kind of ties into some of the, I guess, what people are seeing um, with regards to the possibility of Warner Brothers either selling off DC. Um, but this is in their movie studios. And this is in a uh, article from The Wrap. And it is dated June 1st, so 20 days ago. Uh, basically says that uh, Warner Brothers is going to break their film line into three different groups. They're going to have the Warner New Line division. Then they're going to have the DC division. And then they're going to have an animated unit, which it's kind of odd to me that they have the animated unit 
separate from the DC division, but I guess they have other animated properties besides DC properties. Oh yeah, but, that makes sense. But then yeah. would the DC animated be in DC or would it be in the <laughs> animated unit? So I'm assuming everything DC will be in the DC division, including yeah. the animated stuff. And then anything else animated will be in the animated unit. Yeah, that makes but, sense. But, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out where people are getting, you know, this idea that DC has announced that they're not going to be printing comics anymore. Or Warner Brothers has said that DC is not going to be printing comics anymore. I can see what they're saying where when they break their movie lines up into three different groups, then that gives them the ability to unload the animated or the DC unit. Yeah. You know, but that's just the DC films. It's not the DC print you know, which could, I guess, could go with it fairly easily. Um, and there's been a lot of shakeups. Um, you know, these new three, these three new groups are going to have three new heads. Um, only two of which I think have been announced at this point. I had a note about that, but, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. What, what have you been seeing on this topic? Um, I, yeah, same. It's just a lot of just reorganization. It looks like the, the game division, is something that's been talked about as well as like, what is the history of the Warner brothers game division? And do they split that off to me? That seems like a more, seems like something that they would could easily pawn off on another company to take care of. Cause I mean, I don't think that I don't know how much Warner brothers games themselves actually do. Cause I know the, seems like the last couple of games that have come out are them in like paired up with, another team you know mm -hmm. another game development team so they're funding i guess and maybe that's the problem is they're funding it uh, and they don't want to fund it anymore they want somebody else to do all of it and mm -hmm. they just sell let me sell you the rights to the let character. me license it to you and yeah make our money from licensing so yeah but yeah on the comic side i haven't i agree i haven't seen much and it feels like it would be difficult to and unadvisable to to kind of chop up things and just kind of move them out and about um you know i i feel like they they have a good you know steady income with the dc infinite universe digital kind of comics and they probably don't want to mess with something like that because it's kind of a a sit and earn kind of thing at this mm -hmm. point is they they load out new stuff one thing i don't know why they don't do is there's not a lot of vertigo titles on there and oh. and and there's and they're they've seemed to work on like kind of moving all the pieces together on missing issues of the main comics and making sure they've got the full runs of detective and flash mm -hmm. and and everything else but but they're not really didn't seem like they're ready to really push out and go look at all this stuff heck they only have the first like the first volume of Sandman on there and yeah, Sandman that's... comes out in August. Like, oh, yeah. why don't you have the entire run of that mm -hmm. and the dreaming series and mm -hmm. all of the new Sandman universe books that have come out? Well, and those like, have come out recently, so they should be in that six month, you know, after yeah. their release, they should be there. On The only thing they have that. on there is the waking hours, the, the like 12 issue that they just wrapped up last year. That's it of that. And it's so bizarre sure. to me. Because it's all digitized at this point. I get why, like, well, mm -hmm. I guess all of it is. I mean, you can go to Comixology or Amazon.com now or whatever yeah. and buy the full run of Sandman. Why can't mm -hmm. I read it? It's So, you know, I think there's missed opportunity to get more subscribers there and earn more. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think about when it comes to the comic side of things, are we going to see more collections? Are we going to see more um, of, of reprints and stuff like that and less new content going forward? 
Um, we've seen the the catalog seems to get a little slimmer and a little slimmer ever the DC Connect does. And uh, you know, do we see them, do they do what Marvel does with Star Wars and they take us a whole section of it and license it out to IDW or to Dark Horse or whoever and let them take over a more the kid-friendly line of it and and see that that way they're not holding on to that and kind of can move it around i don't know yeah i I just my big thing is okay so in the next couple of years movies that we know that are coming out from warner brothers dc aquaman 2 we know we're gonna get another the batman uh flash will eventually (laughs) which we can talk we can talk a little bit more about that flash will eventually be seen on the big screen uh we're getting a joker sequel Uh, all four of those are probably billion dollar movies yes yeah how many how many companies that have pretty much guaranteed billion dollar movies say yeah we're just going to sell off this division you know because exactly. I, I can't imagine that anybody who wants to buy dc comics would want to be told oh but by the way we get to make the movies yes. for your <laughs> comics right so i think anybody who would want to get it would want to have the rights for the comics and the films And the animated stuff, which to me makes DC Comics, you know, who wants to buy just the comic production part of it? Yeah, exactly. I I just don't see that. I just don't see that happening. Um, And, of course, Warner Brothers with HBO Max, they need all this stuff to fill their catalog to keep people subscribing to HBO Max. Now, Mm -hmm. when I signed up for HBO Max, I literally intended to the day after I watched Dune cancel my subscription i mean <laughs> yeah. i was okay i wanted you know because i wasn't for sure i was gonna get to see dune and matrix and yeah and, and something else in theater it's like okay so i'm gonna go make sure i get to see dune get to see matrix watch mm-hmm. those the day they come out and then cancel but there has been enough stuff in the hbo max catalog that i'm still subscribing to it and finding stuff to watch all the time oh yeah um so and as long as they have access to the dc product then that will there will continue to be stuff that i'm going to want to uh, yeah. see so i just i just don't see them giving up that and if they stop printing the comics then eventually you know their things start to fall into public domain and mm-hmm. and you know abandonment and all of a sudden you know anybody can start using batman you know it's at, like wonder woman is another example of that yeah my understanding that as soon as they stop having wonder woman appear in a monthly book the rights revert you know for that character gotcha. So, um, so who knows? Um, I, I maybe, you know, and I guess we should talk about this just a little bit. I guess there's, you know, a lot of bad press right now for some of the DC films because of yeah. Ezra Miller and Amber Heard. You know, there were rumors that they were going to remove all of Amber Heard's scenes from <laughs> yeah. Aquaman 2. I think she's made a statement that that's not true. Um, of course, Ezra Miller is, has been in you know, like constant trouble. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they are um, a problem. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and I, it's basically been hinted at online that he'll, they'll still release this film, but he will not be the, Ezra Miller will not be the flash after, after this film comes out. <laughs> I would hope, you know? so. I would hope yeah. that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've even, I, there was, I had heard somebody was like, well, do they just, what's the trouble with just releasing the flash on HBO max and mm-hmm. will it perform better as, kind of in the same vein as the Snyder cut of justice league than it would <laughs> if it was in theaters yeah. because somebody, I mean, how well is it really going to do? 
I, and I get, you know, in the same way, though, is everybody has a lot of talk about how horrible this person might be or this person might be. But you get a Flash movie and you know that you're going to be getting uh, all of these. Michael things Keaton, that, Batman. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to pay the ticket. I'm sorry. I don't mean to, <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm going to oh, no. go see that movie. <laughs> I personally try to separate a person, what they put in yes. a comic or put in a film from the individual. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. I'm not going to rush out and I'm not going to rush out and buy any Ezra Miller merchandise. <laughs> right. But <laughs> am I going to go see the flash when it comes out? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, cause uh, whether Ezra Miller was in the movie or not, I was going to go see the movie. So it's not, exactly. I'm not going to see it because of that actor. I'm not going to boycott Aquaman two. Because of Amber Heard, you might now, because of Jason Momoa. I might just because I just don't care for <laughs> Jason Momoa as Aquaman. But no, I'm gonna go see Aquaman too when it comes out because yeah. you know I, even though I feel like we've got a glut of these movies, I still this is still the stuff that I want to see in the theater. Yeah, you know, and I would yeah. love to have you know at least six big comic book movies a year. I'm going every other month to go see mm-hmm. a movie theater. I, I, that's a good that's a good ratio for me. So absolutely, uh, so I absolutely. like, and we haven't really we're not quite to that level, but. But I'm, you know, four or five movies a year. Great. I, mm-hmm. I, I continue to support that as long as as long as that can happen. So absolutely. Yeah. And uh, and, and, you know, they, you're right. They do. They've got plenty of good things coming down, even if they've got some wild cards coming down that we have the announcement of Batman two, the or mm-hmm. not, not Joker two is what I meant to say. The the Joker two announcement and whether or With not Lady Gaga as Harley as, as Harley yeah. Quinn yeah <laughs> which I mean I that I could totally see with the Walking Phoenix Joker like I could see those two playing well together and her doing playing the a version of of uh, Harley Quinn in the same world that he plays that version of Joker um and yeah I I I could see you doing the voice really well and and kind of playing that so it'll be be interesting yeah and well and this is kind of a tangent not really what we're talking about with what dc's you know future but the dc movies for me have with have they they are more what is it that's the difference between a film and a movie Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like yeah. most of the DC things have been films. Yes. Whereas yeah. most of the Marvel stuff has just been movies. Yeah. You know, so I, I mean, obviously, obviously the Batman, you know, we talked about the, when we did our review of the Batman, the Batman was not written for you and I, it was written for the Oscars, you know, yeah. um, you know, whereas obviously, you know, in game, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> that, that was to raise money, you know? Yes. Um, so I, I, you know, Warner Bros is kind of like they're, they're kicking themselves or, shooting themselves in the foot by not, you know, making movies as opposed to making films sometimes. Well, and And or at least, yeah, or, or stop trying to make movies because I think that's where they get into. It's like they, they're, they've been stumbling for 20 years on how to make a connected universe. And Mm -hmm. those aren't the movies that do well for them. The movies that do well for them are the standalone weird artsy movies. Like, Every time, I mean, I guess Wonder Woman, but Wonder Woman could have been its own thing and not been connected to anything, and would have well, been a great movie by itself. Well, it was, you know, as uh, Matt Martin likes to say whenever he's on the podcast, Wonder Woman was two thirds of a good movie. You <laughs> yeah, know? well, that's two thirds of a great that. movie. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah. they don't know how to end movies. That's the but, their big budget movies. They don't know how to end them. It seems like. But it was like the first time I we talked about this. The first time I watched the Batman, I was like, eh. Second time I watched it, 
yeah, I can watch this over and over and over again. Man yeah. of Steel, I can watch. If it's on TV, I have a hard time trying changing the channel. Really? Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, I guess it's just not what they want, you know, yeah. from their Superman, you know? So. Mm-hmm. I, 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 well, even I, mean, Justice League is, is watchable. I'm not going to no. sit down and watch it, but if it's on, <laughs> no, you're wrong. Uh, but like, I mean, all of, I, at the end of it, once it's all said and done, like if they're on, I'll go, oh, that movie's not that bad. And and they're not they're not horrible, but they're not rewatchable. And like the, I'm gonna put this in, and I'm gonna just like dig into it hardcore kind of a thing. And I, those I, dark I, movies, I I don't I don't I haven't rewatched the Joker, not because it wasn't a good movie, but because it's like I can't emotionally handle watching that movie more than once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of like after I after I you know left the Joker, it's kind of like after I left Platoon. Whenever I saw that, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just like that was good, but man. Got to worry you know, about my mental well-being. Yeah, I don't. I, that's not something I ever want to see again. You know, yeah. and that's the thing that has me concerned about the second Joker movie. It's like, man, do I really want to do that? It's a musical, yeah. though. Evidently, <laughs> that doesn't help any. But uh, <laughs> can walking? Oh, I guess he was in a band, didn't he? Well, he was. And he did walk the line that Johnny Cash movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but going back to Justice League, yeah. I won't. I, with this, if I want to watch Justice League again, I'm Snyder. going to the Snyder Cut. Yeah, I'm not same. watching. You know, the Justice League that was released in films or in no. theaters. You know, yeah. that's it's, that's what that's, I meant. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yes. dead to me. <laughs> I do, yeah, I don't. I I I wish that it didn't exist. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't see DC Comics going anyplace. No. Um, no, I, 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 if anything, they'll, they'll, they'll pull back, do, you know, I'd, I'd said before we start recording, I'd, they might do some Walmart 100 page giant type yeah. scenarios, not necessarily that exact same thing, but how do we take stuff that we've already done and put it in a format where people will buy it again or new people will buy it, mm-hmm. um, to try to see if they can, they're trying to be infin- inventive with the market. It's just like, what do you, what do you do with, you know, 80 years worth of material and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, surely we can sell this again somehow and, and, and make this. And, and I, I mean, obviously digital is the way of the mm-hmm. future with your, your kind of fly by night collector. Mm-hmm. If I can pay eight bucks for a month of something and read an entire run, if I want to, and then stop, that's yeah. what they, they need to invest in while they're doing all this is get vertigo on there. Dang it. Yeah. No kidding. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm looking at my notes here. I think I said everything that I wanted to say about about DC. Yeah. Anything else you want to add about uh, about DC? So, no, I think that nope. covers it all. Okay, all right. Well, um, next up, we got Mind Management. Uh, Mind Management, written by and, and drawn by Matt Kent. Um, he has been very prolific in the industry here of late. Um, probably at this point, best known for Berserker, his, his uh, oh, collaboration yeah. <laughs> with... Uh, Keanu Reeves, but uh, and obviously I think he's doing most of the heavy lifting and the writing uh, for mm-hmm. that story. But he also has his own imprint now um, at Dark Horse with Flux House. I got to be careful whenever I say that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Flux House, which yeah. makes sense now that I have read have, Mind Management. I've read Mind Management to know what a Flux House is. <laughs> which I do they don't they don't bring it up in volume 1, do they? No, no, they But don't it's in issue it. 0 which I happened to read just because I had it. Uh and they talk about Flux House and like a third of that the issue 0. <laughs> now, so Mind Management 1 through 6. Now, I read this 
on Comixology. I read the I read the trade version, but then like okay, so I usually read the stuff on my iPad, um, and my son's bar on the iPad, so I had to put it on my phone. When I went to I just tapped one Mind Management one. Well, I got the single issue as opposed to the entire volume. <laughs> well, no, that made it was cool because. On the single issue, I did not know this, on the inside front inside cover, the cover. Inside back cover, mm-hmm. there's another story. I was going to ask you if they reprinted that in the collection. And, and it is not in the collection. No, uh-huh. it just goes straight to the main page. So those those are extra stories about the history of mind management yep. that are not in the trade, um, which is crazy. Now, the trade has like the negative one and negative two issues in it. Okay. Um, but it does not have those are from issue zero. That's what okay, zero so, that's, so that makes sense. Is, okay. okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, and I'm I'm starting to think now looking at I'm trying I need to get back and look at the cover for issue one. Did he uh, if he did different um did different covers for no, they're the same. Okay. So um we gotta talk about the covers. Yes, because like, OK, so you if you just glance at this first cover, so you see Maru, mm-hmm. right, and her brain is exposed. But then when you actually look at her brain, <laughs> it's actually all these images of people fighting each other, just colored pink. Yeah. You know, so it's just like there is so much detail uh, in this book and all of the covers uh, and the pages if the borders oh, yeah. of every single page have the mind, the text to the mind management field guide. So you had to like, you know, zoom in and turn your book sideways <laughs> and rotate it around. And I, I tried to read all that, but it got, it got a little tough doing this. Is one thing that makes it tough digital. It's not, it's not easy to read all that digital. It's not turn friendly. <laughs> it's exactly. It's not. Um, but there is so much detail put into this story it is just yes. absolutely incredible it reminds me of like of like hickman style like detail mm-hmm. and like the world that you build around it and all of the little things that are just you don't have to read it but you could read this and you could understand it at a different level of yeah it. and you can read it again and find out pick up all these things that you miss and you can yep. read it again and find more things that you miss or little little details i don't know you know, one of the things we'll talk about in issue one, I don't know how many times I read it before I realized that one of the characters, Henry Lyme, was on that flight. And he's just drawn there in one of the seats. Uh-huh. He's there, obviously, but you don't realize that unless you have a really, really good memory or you read it a second time. Well, and the um, only reason what's funny is that the only reason I recognized him in the, my first reading through is because I had seen the covers of all of the issues. And he's a cover character on like mm-hmm. one of like issue three or four or something, issue five. And so I was like, I know that face. I didn't know mm-hmm. who he was necessarily <laughs> at that point, but I knew that I that it was important. Now, probably should say that okay, this 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 book is all watercolored. I right? love I, I until I read this, I was like, oh, that's the thing. That's why I like a lot of Jeff Lemire's stuff. That's mm-hmm. why I like I I love the watercolor take on it. It's awesome. Yeah. I think it is amazing as well, um, but that does make it the artwork not for everybody, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, if you're if you don't like this artwork, I feel like you're just missing out. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's you know, it's it's more about <laughs> conveying emotion and the coloring and the the storytelling as opposed to having perfect anatomy. You know, yes, yeah. Um, 
but uh, uh, oh, we'll talk about some of the other color covers as we as we get to them. I think yeah. is one thing that I want to do. Um, but anything you want to add before we kind of jump into issue one? Nope. Uh, just as I'm thumbing through the first pages again, I'm like, oh, I need to reread this because now the first like three pages make even more sense than they did originally. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I tell you, and I've all. read this. I've read this three times now, at least. And at every time there's stuff that either I guess I, I remember that I had forgotten or that I pick up each time that I read it. You spend a little bit more time looking at some of the image and seeing some of the stuff that's going on. It's just it's just amazing. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, we start we don't know this at the time, but we start in Zanzibar. Right. Which is this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's a real Zanzibar. Is there a real Zanzibar? I thought Zanzibar <laughs> was a restaurant. Okay, but anyway, we start in Zanzibar, (laughs) and you have, like, several of these scenes where it starts pretty normal. You got a couple, looks like they're about ready to kiss, and all of a sudden they're strangling each other, right? And then you have this this riot breaks out in the town, lots of, you know, crazy deaths, and you don't know a whole lot about what's going on. Well, then then we flash back two years ago. Now, they don't say this in the beginning. But this Zanzibar incident was not present day or not two years ago. Okay. So that's one of the things that you don't pick up on initially. So to this flight 815, uh, where we're on we're suddenly in the flight and we're realizing that everybody on this flight has completely lost their memory, including important life skills like how to fly the plane. It's <laughs> like includes the pilots. Yes. All right. Now we did and we mentioned this before, we do see this bearded man in sunglasses sitting in one of the seats all right we'll find out later that that is henry lime who will become important to the story as you mentioned he's on the cover of one of the later issues um then we go back to the present day and here's where we kind of meet our i figure our main character maru Mm -hmm. all right and she is a writer and she's apparently in a bit of a writing slump it's been a couple of years since her last you know big novel um, she's kind of a unsolved crime writer. So she sees on television the report about Flight 815. It's the two-year anniversary. So she calls her publisher, and we get this idea from the publisher that she's heard this pitch before about this book that Maru wants to do. But she's fine. Okay, Maru, run with it. We know Maru's desperate for money because, you know, her water's turned off. You know, she's got all these, uh, you know, past due notices mm-hmm. and, and, all, and all that fun stuff. So anyway, so she kicks it in gear, starts going around to various towns, interviewing the people who were on flight 815. I guess we should mention that there were I think there were 121 people on the flight. Um, only one person was unaffected, which was a young child. And then, of course, the missing passenger. Right. So yes. we have the, another we have another passenger that's unaccounted for. All right. So there's, of course, all kinds of conspiracy theories about what's going what went on with Flight 815. Um, but anyway, as the story refers to them, she keeps finding these breadcrumbs uh, that are ultimately pointing to her to someplace. And she finally, through the course of the first issue, gets a name. And the name that she gets is Henry Lime. Well, during her investigation we see that she's being followed by a couple of agents all right and those agents are also (laughs) being followed by a couple of other individuals and those individuals are referred to as immortals because they can for the most part survive any trauma 
that their body might receive. So one of them gets shot in the stomach. We see that uh, wound heal very rapidly. Um, so the the one of the two agents um, is a killed by one of the immortals. All right. Um, and um, basically, you know, Maru falls in their lead. She goes down to Mexico. These just weird occurrences of things that happen that seem to be related to Flight 815. This one involves some pottery on a bunch of uh, um, uh, pots that she was able to uh, then track again to Henry Lime. Well, uh, Bill, uh, Bill Falls is the name of the surviving agent, catches up to her in Mexico, basically says, hey, I'm from the CIA. You're, you're basically you're in danger. We got to get out of here. So basically we lead into this, um, uh, the start of a chase, all right, is what wraps up uh, issue one. Um, the end of issue one, I didn't actually didn't write anything about these, uh, but the end of each issue has a couple of pages where you're introduced to another character who at some point was part of mind management. <laughs> and there really isn't a whole lot of discussion about mind management in the first issue. Um, as an organization, but mind management is this organization. It's been around since the First World War that basically is a, trying to um, manipulate events. And then it was allegedly disbanded several years prior to uh, the present day. So it's described uh, as a premier psychic espionage organization. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and Zanzibar is a city in an island called. Unguja, which is U-N-G-U-J-A, and that is part of the Tanzania country. The country okay, so Tanzania. it is a legitimate country. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anything you want to add about issue one? No, I think that covers it. I mean, it definitely, it's it's a it's a good first issue that mm -hmm. pulls you into a lot of action, a lot of questions that get thrown out there that are immediately not answered whatsoever. Um, and, uh, more evidently if you read it again, so. Yeah, <laughs> and more you read it the third time, so. <laughs> All right, covered issue two. You've got this Immortals, one of the people who is following Maru and, and Bill. All right, and it looks like he's just a guy with a scarred face. But then if you look real close at the stitching on his scars, there's like, one of them says hate, and oh. uh, one of them says revenge, and one of them says murder, uh, kill, yeah, power. Spite. So yeah, it has all these words are That's stitched cool. into these, yeah, into his scars, which is just you know kind of crazy. So um, yeah, again, it's just these little teeny tiny details mm -hmm. uh, that he puts into you know even the covers. So um, all right, so issue two, Bill and Maru, my the my notes on subsequent issues are not anywhere near as long um, as the first issue. Um, so Bill and Maru basically are able to escape the immortals. Now this is going to be a constant theme um, as we work through the story uh, because they're going to be dealing with the immortals uh, several, several times. So after Mexico, they basically find themselves um, in Zanzibar. If I remember and uh, Maru and Bill get separated. Uh, Maru uh, following the lead you know, finds that image on a, uh, from the pottery in Mexico on a souvenir shop sign. She goes in and meets uh, Perrier, or Perrier, I'm, I'm not for sure, um, who is basically typing all the things that are happening. Um, and after she finishes typing, um, for some reason, she decides that she needs to kill herself. So she jumps off the ledge. 
All right, but this does give Maru a clue uh, talking about uh, going to talk to the Dolphins. Uh, Bill catches back up to Maru. Then, of course, the Immortals catch back up to Bill and Maru. And once again, they are forced to flee from the Immortals and manage to escape. Um, the, the Immortals find the same clue that Maru had found about talking to the Dolphins. So the Immortals know where to go in addition to Bill and Maru knowing where to go. Now, there are these two little pages here of this guy smoking a cigarette, standing, mm-hmm. kind of watching what's going on. And they don't go into a whole lot of detail. But if you were paying attention to the previous episode, uh, issue, the story at the end was for a guy called the Futurist. And this is the Futurist. So he was introduced to us in the previous episode. Or episode I keep saying episode. The previous issue. Um, but now he's here in issue two of Mind Management. And then the last couple of pages gives us the story of Perrier and her sister, who had this ability for writing um, and art, and it uh, the Mind Management was able to use their abilities for their purposes, whatever those may or may not be at the time. <laughs> so um, anything to add on the second issue i don't think so i i love the 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 agents that are kind of being dropped in like the the perrier the Mm. the futurist and just how we're we're kind of we're slowly building something it doesn't feel rushed the Mm -hmm. pacing is just really well done in in the story and and issue two being as fast-paced as everything's moving um and the action that you feel and i think the watercolor definitely plays into just the 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 mo the motion the movement uh through everything um but i just i we've got a, a roster of characters already yeah. and we're just through issue two it's like okay and and but they all seem pretty manageable uh mm-hmm. that you to to know who is who yeah you definitely you know a lot of stories like people will write you know modern writing is for like the six six issue story arc mm-hmm. and it's like okay what are we gonna do now this definitely feels like there was a long-term plan for this story. You know, it's like, okay, we can tell a a story in six issues, but there is enough that we can take into the next, you know, story arc and not just, Oh, we're starting at scratch with a new story for the second volume. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, getting done with the, the sixth issue. I was like, okay, how many more issues of this is there? Like (laughs) I was, I was ready to go because it's good. (laughs) Covered issue three. All right, so it's Maru, okay, but, <laughs> you know, for her nose, if you look in real close, it's this guy bent over, right, and there's blood, you know, coming down, which is which mm-hmm. is forming her lips, and then her hair is actually a couple of dragons in fire. So I guess we should mm-hmm. mention Maru's a redhead, you know. Um, don't know how important that is to the story, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we have Maru as a redhead. And again, it's just like, just so much creativity in the art. And if you just glance yes. at that, you just, it's just a, it's just a person drawn mm-hmm. oddly. But then when you actually stop and look at it, there's like all this extra imagery inside of that cover art. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, Bill and Maru end up in China. Once again, they have another confrontation. Uh, this is uh, so that they can talk to the dolphins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, after another confrontation with the immortals, Bill and Maru basically get separated. And after that, during the course of that separation, uh, Maru is able to actually track down 
Henry Lime, and the issue ends with her uh, meeting Henry Lime for the quote-unquote first time. <laughs> yes. Um, and they're kind of sitting in a boat having a conversation. Now, I had, didn't have this in my notes, but as I was flipping through the pages, I guess this is probably worth mentioning. But during the course of her trying to find Henry Lime, she runs into this uh, runs into this man. And when this man sees her, he doesn't see her as just this redheaded female, but sees her sees her as this basically redheaded, you know, samurai warrior. Yeah, like a warrior goddess almost of some <laughs> yeah. sort. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's he basically has visions of her. And of course, he has, you know, visions of the immortals when they show up basically as demons. So um, there's again leads to some interesting imagery that comes uh from this book yeah and then we get the ad man as the two-page um you know mind management guy at the end of the end of the issue <laughs> whose whose role it seems is to uh, cover up in the media any mm -hmm. news that could have been out about something that mind management's gonna cover up yeah and we'll learn later right that he was involved in having helping um everybody forget about zanzibar the event right. that happened previously so yeah yep. On the the when they visit the dolphin, mm -hmm. the dolphin has this thing at the bottom of the pool that seems to be just a a a, a set of a keyboard or a set of the alphabet. Mm -hmm. Do you is is do you is it just a a painting on the bottom of the pool or is that an actual like touchpad? Do you think that I was uh... I was trying to get a read on that, but it didn't seem. It it just it looks like they're just paying attention to the fact that it's just pointing with his nose to I I think that's what it is. He's just pointing okay. with his nose as is, is how I didn't even, I didn't even think about there being something more to it because they give him the fish. He dies down in the pool. Next right. thing he's at the he's at the letters and touching the letters. I'd say it's just at the bottom of the pool. I wonder if that's a real thing. I wonder if they like I mean the dolphins are smart. Like well, do they smart, spell yeah. stuff? I don't know. I mean we know that uh, you know certain what is it. Is it chimpanzees that can do sign language? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I uh, maybe I don't know. I mean, how else would the dolphin be able to communicate? Obviously, they're not going to sign. So that's I mean, true. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if they want to fish, they go to like the F or something like that. Maybe they don't spell out whole <laughs> words, but they know what gets them. Those. Or at least touch a picture of a fish. You know. Something uh, like yeah. That line. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Speaking of dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> that's the cover of issue four. Yeah. Which, if you look closely. <laughs> At the very bottom, and kind of <laughs> like the waves, it says, help me. <laughs> now, I don't know that the dolphins, I don't know what the dolphins needed help for, but, but again, it's just a little something extra kind mm -hmm. of in the, hidden in the artwork here. So, all right. So Henry Lime here in issue four, basically recounts to Maru the history of mind management. So here is where we, if you haven't been reading the, um, the interior pages about mind management, you really don't know a whole lot about the organization. They've got right. some spies and agents that have some special powers, you know, beyond that, that's kind of, and they, you know, impact world events, but that's kind of all you know about them. So Henry line basically, um, recounts through the whole history, their training procedures, some of the ways that they've impacted the world basically explains that his power, Henry Lime's power is the ability to make those around him do what it is that he wants them to do. Um, which unfortunately for Henry Lyme <laughs> leads to a problem with his relationship with his wife because he doesn't know if his wife's there because he, a she actually loves him or if it's because he wants her to love him. 
Yeah. And and um, but as they're having this uh, conversation, we see that once again, the immortals have caught back up with Maru, um, who is still separated from uh, Bill. Right. Um, mm-hmm. He was kind of injured, not dead, though. We do know that he's going to be alive uh, later on. So but uh, but the immortals are back in the picture here at the end of uh, issue five. Um, then we had, uh, this case file about the animal kid. I don't, I'm trying to think if I remember, I guess it has something to do with the dolphins, maybe the dolphin training. Oh, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause they kind of show the dolphin here in, mm-hmm. in that, in that story. And then the uh, letters and yeah. I don't remember anything else about the animal kid in any of the other parts of mind management that I've read. So, okay. um, <laughs> I don't know what that character, I don't remember that character coming back into play, but we get a little <laughs> history there. So. Um, issue five, once again, we have, here's that cover you were talking about with Henry Lyme mm-hmm. uh, on the cover, but you go into his reflection on his glasses, right? And you, you see the see massacre in Zanzibar. At Zanzibar, yeah, through, you know, through the reflection in his glasses. So, um, once again, just a little something extra kind of tucked away, you know, in the, in the art that Matt Ken is giving us. So, and I guess, I think we mentioned this, but Matt Kent's right, wrote and I so we'll say painted, uh, mm-hmm. painted, um, painted this story. Um, so uh, Henry Lyme has a breakdown basically because of those issues uh, that he was having with regards to his wife and whether or not the relationship was real. Um, and that because, you know, basically he, you know, he hit, he strikes his wife to basically see if she'll be mad at him. Or so if, if it's him, him that's having the influence over her or if she actually cares. Mm-hmm. Um, but that results in him kind of losing control and and the massacre at Zanzibar occurring. And what's bad is during the course of this massacre, his wife and child um, are actually killed. Um, but during the uh, during that, he, um, you know, is kind of wandering around. Here's somebody crying out finds this redheaded child who of course is Maru, which is where you finally realize, Oh, Zanzibar occurred <laughs> way back in history. Yeah. Right. You really don't know that until this point because mm-hmm. Maru's obviously grown at this point and he's carrying her out um, as a child. So um, now the immortals who were on the banks of the shore where Maru and um, Henry line were talking are now up on the boat and a fight ensues. And Maru is not for sure if she wants to attack the immortals or attack Henry Lyon because of the story right. that he just uh, that he just told. So um, here we get the last couple pages. We get the case file for the archivist. All right. The archivist is pretty cool. The, the just they're monks essentially that just keep track of the of non-biased <laughs> history yeah. of the world. I'd like to read that at some point because I feel yeah. like we I feel like some things I know aren't the things I know. But, but, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think one of the one of the and, and I say cool, but I don't mean cool because it's horrible. But the uh, the interaction between uh, Henry and his wife uh, where and when he's trying to figure out whether he's she's under mm-hmm. his control or not. And she's like, did you not realize that they would have picked me because I'm the only one who's resistant to your powers? And like. Mm-hmm completely blew up in his face that you know he his wife really was with him because she loved him Mm -hmm. and she only was able to be with him because she couldn't be under his spell Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's, and they do go through, like, in that issue, in the previous issue, their entire, like, we'll just say their entire courtship. You know, yeah. it, it is covered. It's not just glossed over. Right. You no, see it's... that relationship build from way back to to where it is now. She's one of his teachers, wasn't she? Yes. Uh-huh. So, um, but uh, at least, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do like the, <laughs> this is just, I just find this funny. So, um, what, so they, at mind management, they're taught all these, not just their bane power, but all these other abilities. Yes. So she writes a message to him on her <laughs> stomach under her clothes and he, she goes and visits him on a regular basis and it takes him <laughs> a long time to actually be able to read the message. So that's how they meet and spend some time together. And he says something about like, how long have you been doing that? And she yeah. says for a long time and it's been uncomfortable because there's been a lot of students that have read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So apparently on the x-ray vision, he was not um, quick on the uptake. Yes. There were a couple of things that, that immortality thing was what he, it seemed like almost killed him. <laughs> yeah. And that there was a lot of people that, you know, if, as you read through the story, it's like they tried, they, when you get trained by mind management, you're trained in all areas. And yeah. Some people are like, Nope, this isn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So last issue of volume one, issue six. Now this cover is not quite as crazy as uh, some of the other covers, but it's still really, really good. We got Maru here on the cover. The art, the art style is a little different. You know, now that I look at it, I'm not 100% convinced that that is Matt Kent. It says covered by. Okay. All right. Well, then good. Yeah. Um, now, but when you zoom in on her eyeball. Kind I am, of dragony. Yeah. It's like, it's, I can't, I, I guess that's what it has to be. I'm trying to decide what else it could possibly be. Marbles. Um, yeah. <laughs> it just looks like a marble, like a, an old marble that I used to play with. Yeah. And then, of course, the little flowers that are floating over her head, they have little skulls inside of the mm-hmm. uh, inside of the flowers. So anyway, there's more to the art than it appears. So. All right. So uh, Maru decides to shoot the immortal. The immortal takes a headshot, um, which we'll learn later is not enough to kill one of the immortals. Thus, the name immortal has um, a good reason. <laughs> um Henry, uh, she gets knocked out of the boat. Maru gets knocked out of the boat, but Henry Lyme is able to use his power on the immortals and basically get them to stand still. They fall back into the water we would think to drown, but again, they're not called immortals for no reason at all. Um, so Henry Lyme is then able to finish uh, his story and recounting of everything that happened through what mind management is, how they affected. Uh, Zanzibar, how basically all the agents kind of went back into their secret life. We see the futurist, you know, again here in issue six. Um, he talks, uh, Henry Line talks about, you know, the flight 815. He had a breakdown in Mexico, which is where all the pottery was, right? So, Maru, being her, her thing, being that she's a journalist, writer, writer, she is committed to telling this story. So as she is leaving, you know, she leaves Henry Lyme behind, sees Bill, says he'll be back for her or for him. All right. Make some preparations, sends the information, some of the information back, you know. Uh, but then whenever she gets home, she goes to sleep and then wakes up and it's like she's forgotten everything. Calls her publisher again. Hey, I got an idea for a story. <laughs> 
because she has forgotten all the things that she learned, which to me, there's this implication that this has happened more than one time. This yes. is oh, not yeah. the first time that this has occurred, that she has gone through this process. And it's just basically Henry Lyme trying to unburden himself. Um, yeah, she says, the publisher says at one point, you've been chasing these stories for the last two years. Mm -hmm. You disappear and you always come back with nothing. <laughs> so we see again the futurist who is outside of Maru's home. <laughs> and she he is picking up the mail that she had mailed to him, herself that had the story um, about mind management. And then, of course, it ends with the immortals uh, basically <laughs> growing gills. <laughs> Mm -hmm. because it talks about them evolving so they uh they grow gills so that they can breathe underwater and leave the water and that's the end of issue six uh we do have the last little story here um called the sniper and it's absolutely crazy uh a guy who is able to you know basically kill anything with any type weapon he can rico ricochet shots and and it talks about you know how Henry Lime has been able to just put things in the path of the bullet to save himself, not, <laughs> you know, because the shot was off or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Did we want to get into the zero issue? Um, I actually um, didn't put any notes I didn't make any notes on it or anything, but. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, I didn't, I didn't either. So. Um, I think the, the, the biggest thing that I, I saw in reading it is, there was a story of an agent, a sleeper agent called Bear that was mm -hmm. enacted and uh, and then had died after killing his wife or something like that. And his last words were Lyme, uh, indicating mm -hmm. that Henry Lyme, he knew something about him, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was the only one that really stood out to me out of him. Yeah. And then yeah. them just kind of explaining the the flux houses. <laughs> and I need to read that again because I had forgotten that that was in there. Which one was that in? Um, that was that was just at like the very tip top of issue zero. Okay, so uh, I've been in like negative one then maybe. So I don't know if it's. No, actually, it's in. It's on as far as on issue zero. It's the inside cover story. <laughs> oh, so that explains why that. I haven't. I haven't read it then. That explains <laughs> why I've never seen that before. Okay, good. I don't feel so bad now. It's like, man, I don't. You said that. It's like, I don't remember Flux House anywhere in these stories. So that explains why I haven't haven't seen it. So uh, okay, all right, good. So now I have a reason to go out and get these individual issues. That's right. Well, so so you're not familiar with what a Flux House is. No, because I, okay, don't, so, I don't know it by description. So a flux house is a safe house that mind management uses, but they always fluctuate uh, for it may be a restaurant, but it, it it has food that you don't like. So you never go in it or it may be this business, but it's under renovation. So you never go in it. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a safe house for whoever they're trying to protect, protect. But it constantly is changing what it is based on whoever's trying to get into the building. So okay, so in a way, it's kind of like in the Watchmen TV series where she's opening up her um, was it a restaurant that she was in the process of opening oh, up? Yeah, and it never ever opened. That was yes. her. Yeah, okay, yep. but but that a little bit more house. dynamic, a little bit more dynamic than what uh, uh, than what she had in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So anyway, this is you know the this series 
one of the most beautifully crafted series I've ever seen. There is so much detail in everything. Inside covers, backup stories on each page. You've got the whole mind management field guide. There is just so much involved in this story. It is just, it is just amazing. Right. Um, you know, you got the backup issues or the backup stories. And like I said, I, and I, I had, I haven't even read now. I, I read the, the inside front cover story for the first issue. I didn't even know that was there until today, you know? Um, so well, that answers my question. I should, I definitely shouldn't buy the collected editions of the rest of them. Cause I only have the first six mm-hmm. issues and zero, but I got a lot of enjoyment out of the inside cover stuff. So I definitely will go single issue with them. Yeah, I was, um, I picked up a few issues of mind management for like, I was at found them in a dollar bin oh, okay. I, I, and I did, I haven't even looked at them yet. It's like, well, I'm going to read them probably just on comiXology, but now it's like, yeah. I need to go see if that <laughs> in those later issues. Cause I hadn't even, I hadn't even noticed that. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Anything else you want to say about this story? Oh, uh, no, I'm, I'm ready to read more. I think I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and and read ahead. Uh, oh yeah. On this one. Uh, well, I don't know that we necessarily have to um, like do the whole thing for the podcast. I think the yeah. point is just to maybe try to get Introduce. some people interested yeah. into it. You know, I um, am for sure. Yeah. So I, you know, I've already read. I want to say I've read the first two omnibus. Now, I've only read the second omnibus one time. Okay. But but yeah, I need to definitely read through this, and I've got. You know, Flux House. I added uh, the the issue with the card on the FOC the, the other oh, day. Oh, nice. Good. So that actually came out, so I'm not going to miss that card. Um, got both of those issues pre-ordered. Good. So, yeah. So, uh, oh, and if you get big into the whole mind management thing, there are a couple things you can look for. There's actually a mind management board game. Okay. Where you play as like Maru and Henry Lime. Oh. And you're trying to stop... Um, a recruiter from bringing in uh, new recruits to mind management. So you're trying to capture uh, the recruiter before he That's recruits cool. too many new agents. Um, and it's like a one player plays as the recruiter and then one to four players play as the agents. Um, and it also has an option for people who don't have friends like me um, that you can play the game by yourself. Oh, nice. <laughs> you, can play, you can play it against, there's an app that will play the recruiter for you oh. so that you can then uh, play the game and it will decide where the recruiter's moving, and you can still track him down. That's cool. And then there's a new, there's a deck of cards that are coming out for mind management um, that apparently some of the cards in the deck actually can impact the game. Oh. Yeah. And then, of course, Matt Kent has his own website, and he is, po- he's like, since this is a creator-owned property, yeah. mm-hmm. he'll put, like, T-shirts for sale, and he'll occasionally get special editions of mind management. So, you know, you should, um, I'm trying to remember what his website is. Let me look that up real fast. But, um, if you, um, are really get into it, actually there's, there's one called just mattkentshop.com. Oh, but he's got like the mind management collections. A lot of times when you buy stuff from his website, um, he will put little sketches, he'll sign it and put little sketches, um, oh, that's into cool. the, into the books as well. So I guess, cause he's, I think he still charges like full price or maybe even a little bit of a premium, but mm. you get, you get, you know, for what you're paying there. So, gotcha. yeah, so it is, uh, it is, uh, he's got some really, really good stuff. So, Very uh, cool. you want to grade it? What do you want to, what do you want to yeah. grade this at? Uh, it's, it's such a good story. I'm going to go with, I'm going to, I don't know why I'm not giving it higher, I guess, because I'm just apprehensive about going 
super high, but I'm going to go a 9.4 near mint on this okay. story. I'm, I'm going to go 9.2 um, just because, again, that's in that range where it's like I really, you know, I, unfortunately for me, like normally when I would see something like this, it's like, okay, I'm going to go out and give me a graded copy of issue number one. <laughs> um, but because there's been announcements for this having a TV series and some uh, things like okay. that, those graded copies of issue number one are getting a little, are getting a little ridiculous uh, <laughs> in price. So I probably just need to go out and buy like the omnibus to, to have on the shelf, you know, and, uh, and show it. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm, you know, basically right there. I, I'm at a 9.2. This um, says, uh, I don't, I don't know for sure because I haven't picked up the omnibuses, but, do you have the first omnibus or just the? I just read it digital. Okay. Yeah. The omnibus evidently collects the reprinted content uh, that was not in the hardcovers, which is are in the graphic novels. It says okay. reprints what was in the individual issues that wasn't in the collected graphic novel. So I'm guessing that's the inside cover. Inside stuff. covers. Okay. Cool. So the yeah. omnibus might be the way to go for the collected editions. Yeah, the least expensive mind management number one nine eight on eBay right now is three hundred and sixteen. So, right. so yeah, I'm, I'm going to. Oh wait a minute, hold on. There might be one cheaper. That was just the the, the lowest price first. So yeah, it's probably more than I want to spend on one right now. But uh, still looking at three figures. I'll, yeah, yeah. You know, if it were a hundred, hundred a quarter, yeah, I'd be dropping it right now. But <laughs> and if I would have done that six months ago, like I should have. It would have been. It would have been know, there. It would have been that, yeah. But I waited too long, you know, thinking about it, and uh, best I've, I've paid the price, you know. So <laughs> um, let me see if. Uh, oh yeah, well, there's not any sales history on a nine eight, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I can't know what I missed out on. You yeah, know? <laughs> that's, yeah. That might not be a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. So. All right. Well, we got time for a CLZ shake. We'll shake we it up. Yeah. Shake it. All right. So I have, I have to get my app open here. If you're, um, if you've already got it open, you can go ahead. I'm locked and loaded. Yep. All right. Well, you go right in. All right. Uh, What's that say? I can't read it because of the light. Star Wars, Darth Vader, volume one. All right. So this was the, the first, uh, Marvel Darth Vader series, uh, issue three, I guess. Um, and, uh, the written by Kieran Gillen, uh, art by Salvador La Roca, mm -hmm. and uh, I like this story. This is a really good story. This may be—I don't think this is the uh, first issue with uh, Doctor Afra, but was it, it issue three? First, yeah, it, that's her first appearance. Is the first appearance okay? Oh, I was you've got that book. Yes, I do. Oh, good for you. So, well, she's <laughs> on the cover. Yeah, she's cover on. Is? I was like, I don't know if this is her first mm -hmm. appearance, but it's definitely her first cover. Yeah, so uh, that's, that's issue three. That's her first appearance. It's also the first appearance of um, the oh, evil the Wookie. C3PO. Oh, oh, oh. no, no, you're right. It's the it's the it's the evil C three PO. Yes, yes. okay. Because uh, the Wookie shows up in Christensen. A, a yeah, a different a different issue. But yeah, I have anyway, that also though. Whatever that is. <laughs> well, if you're gonna sell that one, you missed your opportunity. So <laughs> yeah, no, I and I. That's the problem. I don't ever pay attention to what I have as far as uh, a resale market. I probably have a couple of good ones in there, but I yeah, I really enjoyed that. I one of these days I'll I'll continue on past the first volume of the Marvel Darth Vader because I like I like some Darth Vader and uh, that Obi Wan show is proving that Darth Vader can be a pretty good bad guy when. Uh, when it's, given the chance, I, I like the fact that Obi-Wan is redeeming the prequels. 
Yes, absolutely. You know, it's making the prequels not so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I was just thinking, I was like, we've probably seen more Vader in this series than we did through three the three original movies. Yeah, not I there's mean, not a lot of Vader when you really put a screen time in, and well, with Return, a lot more the Return of the Jedi had a lot of Vader. There's a lot of Jedi. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you look at just Star Wars and and, and New Hope and, and Empire, uh, yeah. Empire, there's not a whole lot of Vader there, but that's a fair amount. So, but yeah, yeah. it's definitely increased by a percentage, you know, yes. the amount of that we have. So. It's like they listened and they were like, oh, people liked how violent he was in Rogue One. We can give you more of that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think, well, not to get off on a tangent, but I just, they're so inconsistent with the Jedi's powers. Even, you know, it's like, okay, so he has all these powers. He's throwing people around, but then at the end of one episode, he can't get around a fire. Like really, I, um, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. So, <laughs> all right, let's see if I can get something different here. Uh, well, guess yeah, what? Silver, well, no, Silver Surfer. So, like I've been getting a lot of Silver Surfer. This is issue number uh, seventy-nine. Um, I was still buying this uh, because it had a, it had Ron Lim pencils, um, and I thought it had a Ron Lim cover. It looks Terry Austin as the cover artist, but I think he was just inking over. Mm. Um, inking over Ron Lim because that is absolutely a Ron Lim cover there. Uh, so uh, I was buying this as long as Ron Lim was the artist. Artist uh, looks like we had uh, Doctor Minerva in this, who was like an evil uh, Cree um, agent. Oh, I lost it. Um, so yeah, um, I don't remember anything about the story though. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. I see. I'm trying to think. How many? I feel like I'm only missing like one or two issues from that entire series. Mm. Um, oh, I want that by series. There we go. Let me find because I have almost that entire series, and I actually just picked up one that I was missing just the other day. Um, I am missing issue 125 and 128 of Silver Surfer Volume Three out of 147 issues. So. <laughs> Dang, you heard yeah. it here, guys. If you need, to, if you have those <laughs> Yo, issues, yeah. reach out to Scott. One twenty-five, Silver Surfer Flying Free. One twenty-five and issue one twenty-eight. All right, so I think that's going to wrap up another episode. Um, you know, even without Mike Atchison here, we still found a way to talk for you know over an hour and that's right, thirty minutes. Uh, <laughs> so hey, we got more episodes though. Uh, that that's we're right. Prepping for what's co- what we got coming up. Uh, coming up, we're going to do an episode on Rorschach, issues 7 through 12. Going to finish up that series. Uh, and then we are going to give our first impressions on the Miss Marvel TV show that's currently airing on Disney+. And then we are going to be covering a little bit of what we've been reading. And that will could take a little while. So, <laughs> yes. yeah, depending on how much we've been reading. That's right. Um, all right. So, Shad, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, where would they find you at? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Shad Schubert. That's S-H-A-A-D-S-C-H-U-B-E-R-T. And, of course, uh, check out my band, The Can't Get Rights. We've got some shows coming up. I've got some shows coming up uh, by myself. So uh, check us out see what's going on. All right. And then I'm uh, Scott Reed. You can find me at BergComics.com, B-U-R-G Comics.com. And, hey, just as a reminder, July 23rd. We have Catherine Sutherland and Nakia Baris going to be at Muddy Monster Comics July 23rd from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, you're going to be there, Shad. You're going to be do a there. Little music. Yep. I assume yep. 
probably around one or two o'clock you'll be playing or are you going to do it? Yep. I would say um, maybe even earlier. I don't know. Uh, I've actually got another show oh, uh, at right. three o'clock at a, at a ah, winery. So, okay. Uh, oh, that's right. So I'll be, I'll be all over the place that day, but yeah, <laughs> we'll probably music entertainment type stuff. Maybe start around noon or one, somewhere around there. Okay. All right. So yeah, be sure. And, uh, Muddy Monster Comics, 1422 Walnut street in, uh, Murfreesboro, Illinois, uh, stores open Tuesday to Saturday, 10 to 5. And, uh, you know, if you drop in, ask Mike about his trip to the model show in Louisville, right. Kentucky. He will gladly show you all kinds of cool stuff that he uh, picked <laughs> up and some great stories that he has to share. So, mm-hmm. all right, that'll do it for another episode of the Campus Comics Cast. And we'll be back soon. phone call let me answer the spam phone call <laughs> get it oh. the guy who used to have my phone his name is steven so i constantly get phone messages steven it's like <laughs> i'm gonna have my block they keep calling yes i got i have a there's a woman named kim that i always get calls for but i've had my number for 20 years now so she just wrote down my phone number on a bunch Something of paperwork <laughs> yeah so i've had mine for a long time but i've been getting yes oh crap there's another love and thunder teaser <laughs> okay how long is it oh it's just 23 seconds oh that's weird Oh, it looks like they dropped an Umbrella Academy sneak peek for season three today. Okay, I hadn't seen, I had not seen that either. The teaser is just the scene where the Mjolnir shows back up. They added a few seconds before that. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so I'm not gonna nothing. nothing yeah, well, it, it's 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 the scene where then Natalie Portman shows up. So the yeah. first half of the trailer is Chris Hemsworth being an idiot, and the last half of the trailer is uh, Natalie Portman being awesome. <laughs>